Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Mike Jezoshek. Mike is the founder of Jetro and Associates, an online accounting firm. He hosts the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast and the founder of the Tax Minimization Program. Mike, welcome to Financial Flossing. Ross, thanks for having me. Super excited. Sure thing. Well, Mike, when I hear tax planning and tax minimization, it gets my juices flowing. So tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting you say that because we see this so often that when people think of taxes, they think of preparing and filing tax returns. And really that's the last step in the process. So that's exactly where the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast and Tax Minimization Program came from is, is really what my goal is, is to bring awareness to the tax savings potential that's out there so that people can start to change their mind a little bit or change their thinking when they think of taxes. Let's think about tax planning. Those are things that we do throughout the year to make sure we're paying the least amount in taxes legally possible. Once that year folds over, we prepare and file tax returns during tax season. That's just taking information, sending it to the government agencies. It's important. It's required by law. But really what my goal is with the, with the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast is to help bring that awareness of the savings that are available that need to be implemented throughout the year. Okay. So I like to make a statement that's pretty demonstrative. And I'd like to find out if you agree with me. Today is we're in the fall of 2021 right now. It is my opinion that we are currently in the lowest tax rates we will see in this lifetime. I am 43 years old, almost 44. So fast forward the next 50, 60 years. I think we're in the lowest tax rates we will see over the next 50 or 60 years in the United States of America. Our highest marginal tax bracket is 37% currently. As we speak, it's to being debated in Congress to raise it to 39.6 plus lots of other things. The average historical highest rate for taxes is around 58%. What is your take on our current tax rate environment? You know, I think you're exactly right. You know, when we talk about tax rates and what's making them move, it it often comes around what kind of administration do we have in place? The big thing with taxes is once we make a shift or we make a movement in one direction, it's extremely hard to go back in another direction. So when we have a a potential tax increase that's coming up, votes pending, and who knows where we're going to be in in just a few months, um, that is that shift forward with higher taxes. And so, you know, coming back, pulling that tax rate down is extremely hard to do. So I think that, you know, nobody, I don't have a crystal ball and I don't think anybody does, but I would think we're at uh, some of the lowest rates that we'll, we'll see in the near future. Now, what that depends on, that's ordinary income rates, is that capital gain rates, you know, what are what different ways we have being taxed that can change throughout that, that process. And so that's another key thing to understand is where is your income being taxed at what level, what type of that is that income being taxed at to really understand where our rate's at. But yeah, I think it's a fair statement. You know, I don't foresee us tax rates. And if anything, I don't see them going down dramatically from where we are today. If they remain the same, 
great if they go up a little bit, but I don't go down a little bit maybe, but I do not see them dramatically being cut from where we're at today for sure. And the thing is, this is not a political statement. I don't care if you voted for Trump or you voted for Biden because the Trump tax cuts are going to expire in a few years anyway. So if nothing happens, they're going to go up regardless. So it's it's not a political statement on uh, to, uh, in favor of one politician or another. It's just the world we live in. I like to make this joke that once someone is elected to political office, their brain loses the, loses the ability to do math, i.e. balance a budget. So they just like to spend money. doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on. But if we're in a potentially uh, increasing tax environment and we're talking about business owners, this is a podcast for dentists. Dentists who own their own practice are business owners. They're small business owners. You're a CPA for business owners. It's pretty critical that the we're not like, as I like to call the traditional accountant, who is what I call a history reporter. They just fill out numbers on a form saying what you did from January 1 to December 31, and then saying, hey, pay this much to the IRS. Is it not pretty important that we be proactive in our tax planning? Absolutely. And that's that's part of the, the kind of the awareness that we're looking to bring. But it also comes down to this. Um, I encourage business owners to be proactive in their learning as well. Uh, when you hire an accountant, the idea should not just be like, I'm just going to sit back and I'm not going to do any tax plan. They're just going to do everything. I truly believe that business owners should also understand, at least at a very high level, what's going on in the tax code. What are these, what are these items that they're being looking to take advantage of? Because by not knowing some of those items, they're, they're missing out on tax deductions. One of our favorite tax strategies, and I don't even know if you could call this a strategy, is maximizing deductions. And this is something that is super, super easy that not often as an accountant, I can't come in and help a client in this area necessarily unless I have all of their personal spending and all this other activity. This is a lot of the stuff that the business owners need to educate themselves on to say what is available out there. And when we say maximize deductions, we're not saying go out and buy a truck that you don't need or go buy machinery that you don't need. We're talking about the spending that you're already doing. How can we maximize it? How can we turn it into a business expense versus maybe a personal expense currently? Well, that, that's a big deal you make, right? It's a big, a very important point you make right there because like, you know, the qualified, the QBI, the qualified business income deduction is a pretty powerful deduction, but it phases out. So obviously there's certain um, industries that qualify for it, certain industries that don't, but if you make, you know, $500,000, you're not going to qualify for it. But if you make $300,000, you are going to qualify for it. And it's a 20% deduction. So and you're, in this example, can we find $200,000 of deductions? Working with a tax planning account, you likely could. So it's a, it's a really, really big deal. And you made a really good point when you said, we're not just going to go buy a truck we don't need or buy a piece of equipment we don't need. That tends to be low-hanging fruit for the um, traditional accountant. And, and I like to say, don't spend a dollar to save 37 cents. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. That's the kind of the mind shift that we need business owners to start taking. You know, we're spending money all the time and a lot of it's on the personal side. And we call that what we call after tax dollars. So your money's already been taxed and now you're doing your spending. How can we find ways to do some of that after tax spending and turn it into pre tax spending? You know, we talked about uh, pre show, we talked about hiring your kids in your business. Um, if you're going to be paying for basketball camps and, and sending your kids on vacations with friends and doing all this other stuff, there's a way that that could potentially be a business expense. Now, the basketball camp is not the business expense necessarily, but that's spending that you're doing no matter what. 
how can we get that into the business, find a business purpose for it? Now we're reducing your income, your children potentially paying no income taxes on the money they receive. And that's just kind of one example of that idea of shifting that money, that spending that you're doing after it's already been taxed. How can we potentially find a way to get a business purpose for that and bring it into the business? Now we're getting all pre-tax dollars on that. I think it's a great point, getting business owners to understand how this works. So, and I don't want to get too technical on this, but one of the proposals is the 3.8% net investment income tax. That's now, if it passes, as you likely know, going to get shifted over to income as well, over a certain level. And that's a big deal. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of tax that could cost somebody. If I remember correctly from what I read, its income over $400,000 is now subject to the 3.8% tax in the proposal that's being debated in Congress. I may be off a little bit in, in, in the details, but the point being is, assuming that's true, it's something close to that, You know, it's a really big deal to make sure we maximize deductions in that regard, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, this is something that a lot of people don't think about, or they think it's too small. Like uh, If you're making $500,000 a year, they might say, you know, having a $10,000 deduction to pay my children, it, it just do, it doesn't excite me enough. But when you start to add up all these different tax strategies, they, they, they just expand into saying, hey, there is so much more potential out there. When you start to add up all these little things, uh, it can turn into something pretty big. But it all starts with that mindset of, hey, I need to do tax planning. When I think of taxes, I want to think of tax planning. I don't want to think about preparing and filing return. That's required by law, and that's what we need to do. And that's, we have to do that. But I want to first think about tax planning. What can I do throughout the year? Because once that 1231 hits, the end of the year hits, a ton of strategies go out the door. And now we're kind of stuck with a few strategies during taxes that we can implement. But majority of our tax planning is gone by the time December 31st hits for that current year. Right. And I like to say that the, the highest rate of return you're ever going to get is a dollar taken back from the IRS. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you know, you kind of talked about it. Another point that we discussed is there's different ways that you can shift money. Like if you put money into a retirement plan, that that may be a great option for you. Again, that's potentially money that will be taxed again someday. When we maximize deductions, we hire our kids in our business, we get a ten thousand dollar deduction today. That's money that's never being taxed ever. That's money that we're getting that full deduction. We're not pushing the can down the road. We get a deduction. That's something we get today. And so that's something that's key to think about too, is that it's not, it's, it's not just one strategy that we're utilizing. It's understanding so much that's out there, so many of the options available to us as business owners and implementing them all that at least makes sense in our situation. Well, I think one of the keys you said right there is like, so a qualified plan might be a good fit for you. Advice is not one size fits all. Everyone's situation is different. So mm-hmm. let's, if we talk about the qualified plan, it's not a bad strategy necessarily, but in my experience, I see people weighted way too heavily to that. You know, you'll see a lot of people have a, a large percentage or, or what I would consider too large of a percentage of their net worth in a qualified plan. And in my experience, most people don't really know how they work from a taxation standpoint. And so a tax deferred, uh, for, for the listeners out there, tax deferred money is great going in. It's anything but great coming out. And so it's it's not an ideal scenario. Uh, and I won't get into the weeds or the details of that now. But talk a little bit about your podcast and really the, the things you offer for business owners from a tax planning and tax saving standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. So our podcast is a weekly episode. We just share tax tips. It's usually a quick 
anywhere from 15 to 20 minute conversation once a week. We also have a blog post that goes along with it. But really, when we look at tax plan, there's kind of two pieces to it. We call baseline tax strategies. And these baseline tax strategies are going to be easy to understand, easy to implement, um, likely sometimes have no cost to implement them. These are things like maximizing deductions, hiring your kids, doing an S-corp, doing retirement, whatever it might be. Those are kind of those, those baseline tax strategies. And then we also have something called advanced tax strategies. Advanced tax strategies are going to be a little bit more complex to understand. Uh, they're going to maybe have a cost with them because there's a legal structure underneath it potentially. Um, and, and so that's where we always say what we want to utilize, we want to max out our baseline tax strategies as much as possible. If we've done that and we still have a tax liability, that's when we're going to go to that advanced plan and see how where we can save massive amounts of taxes down that route. So our podcast is is generally going to be geared traditionally more towards those baseline side. We want to attract business owners of all sizes, whether you're making $10,000 a year or you're making $1.2 million a year, these strategies are available to you. That's what we want to implement on our podcast. Uh, and then we also have something called the tax minimization program. This is kind of taking it a step deeper. We do monthly group trainings. Uh, people have at an unlimited access to our team to kind of ask those general accounting and tax questions. And on those monthly group trains, sometimes we'll dive into those some of that advanced planning. Oftentimes that advanced planning is, is so advanced that it, it really only makes sense for you know a handful of people. And then we'll kind of set them up with a, a more personalized conversation if that's what they need. Yeah, that's really exciting. And you know, what I hear people say a lot is was why haven't I heard about this before regarding strategy X, strategy Y, or strategy Z? And I'm like, well, a lot of people don't realize that the typical CPA might have a thousand clients. Maybe five of those clients are high net worth business owner clients. And so they don't have the time or the motivation to go learn this type of stuff. And that's why it's important to work with a CPA like you who is proactive in learning advanced strategies to help people save money. Uh, the lost opportunity cost on a dollar that goes to the IRS over the next 30, 40 years is astronomical. What, what would you say? What do you see the biggest mistake uh, business owners are making in your experience? Just failing to plan, you know, not not looking at this idea of that you're a business owner, you have the biggest advantage to lower your tax liability. As a W-2 earner, if you're just making W-2, there's planning available, especially on the advanced plan side, depending on the income, and we can do HSAs and stuff like that. There's, there's planning available on the personal side, but it, it is not a ton. When you become a business owner, that idea of tax planning completely opens up, the doors are open, and now there's so much opportunity there. And so that's where the biggest mistake that we see business owners doing is just not planning. And it's tough. Business owners are so engulfed into their business. They're so devoted. They're, they're, they're constantly working. They don't necessarily have time for this planning piece, but they don't understand how big of an impact it can make on their business by reducing, cutting a tax bill in half. Think how much money that, that puts in your pocket uh, where you can invest more in your business, You know, show more appreciation to your employees by paying them more with the tax savings you have. There's so much that you can do by doing some easy, simple things, main street items on the tax planning side that are going to then bring that money back to you, that so many business owners just kind of overlook it. They think well, that tax planning is just for billionaires, and it's not. Right. And of course, you, you have, you know, I've got clients who have make seven figure incomes and their effective tax rate is in the 10 to 15% range because they do tax planning. I have one client specifically who has $650,000 in deductions this year just through advanced tax planning. And so uh, it's probably not going to wipe away all of their um, 
tax liability, but it's definitely going to take a chunk out of it. And so it's important to do these types of things. Besides, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say on that point too, the tax law was written the way it was written for a reason. The tax law is written there. So I want to be very clear. When we talk about tax planning, we're not talking about evasion. We're not talking about right. fraud. This is all stuff that is written in the code and it's in the code for a reason for us as business owners to take advantage of. So that's that's a key key thing to think about. So many business owners see your tax plan, they're like, oh, I don't know. Like I got to stay away from that because they're nervous that maybe something fishy is going on. It's legal. This is that's not what we're talking about when we talk about tax planning. Now there's there's some stuff out there that is what I call an untouchable in certain areas, but that's not where your, your accountants are going to be gearing you towards. So I have one friend, I have a couple of interesting quotes from friends about taxes. One friend says, if you want to change your tax, you have to change your facts, uh, which, which I think is kind of nice. And then another friend says, people need to understand that like when a tax law has changed, they don't just kind of like wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. He says, tax law is more like paper mache. You just kind of layer a few more things on top of it, so which, which adds to the complexity of it. And the government will reward you for investing in things they want you to do. So for example, typically energy has been something that energy production has been something that the government has has rewarded you for doing. The current administration doesn't like that. We'll we'll see if that changes or not. Building housing or whether it's single family homes or apartments, you typically get rewarded for that. You just have to basically see where the government is incentivizing you to do things and every oper- every time that changes. Um, mm-hmm. So like historically, it's been mostly oil and gas, but now there are solar credits that are, that are available. That's not by any stretch of the imagination of the area of my expertise, but there's all sorts of things available out there that might make sense from a tax planning standpoint for people who are working with a qualified tax planning professional such as yourself. Yeah. And I have to say this, and I don't know if this is true, but this is just kind of a theory that I have out there. I I honestly think that if the government would lower the tax rate to a point and simplify the tax code, take out this opportunities for different variations of it, but just have a a simple, easy to understand tax code with a lower rate, that they would collect more than by by constantly adding on and increasing these rates. Because all this does is open up more planning. When you have a a tax code, nobody knows how, how big the tax code is. Uh, and so when we have such a complex tax code, it, there's so many just opportunities for, for tax planning. So by increasing, let's say you go from a 37 rate to a 80% rate. Let's be honest, people, there's going to be more tax credits available now. Now we're coming back down. There's going to be different planning. There's going to be different loopholes that are part of the tax law that are available to business owners, that are available to individuals that are going to be taken advantage of. And so that you, you're exactly right in that point that by by continuing to to add in more pages and, and make the con- make the code even more complex, it is actually opening up the door for that advanced planning even wider. Well, there's a concept called the La- the Laffer curve, as you're uh, probably familiar with, and I-, I heard a guy talk about that at length and detail. And the pro tax people feel like the Laffer curve is pure heresy. It's 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 garbage. Whatever. It makes a lot of sense to me. It's basically saying what you're saying. And I heard a guy say that they found that the ideal tax rate, it was somewhere close to 10%. It wasn't 10%. It might've been as high as 16. It might've been as low as six. I don't remember exactly, but it was in that range. I kind of feel like a flat tax of 10% all the way across the board and everything would be perfect. 
then you have the lobbyists and the uh, coming in and the uh, and the certain industries would come in. Everyone wants their little party favor in the tax code. And of course, probably the biggest uh, the biggest lobbying firm would be the CPA lobbying firm to, <laughs> yeah. say, to keep them in, to keep them in business in that scenario. But it would it would just make too much sense to be simple. But you know, I think you you have a valid point because the higher rates get, the more aggressive people get in their um, in their tax planning. And so it's like, uh, okay, what do we do? And so in this upcoming legislation, my hope, my desire is that none of it passes. And that, I'm looking at this from a from a financial standpoint, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think something's going to pass. We'll see what it is, but obviously people like you and I have to go to work to figure out what makes sense, but it's just, it's so critical. People say they don't have time to tax plans. Like you don't have time not to. Mm-hmm. You know that it on the head right there. That's exactly right. So Mike, if people want to, to get in touch with you, if they want to hear about more of what you do, your podcast, your website, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can find us directly online. Go to taxsavingspodcast.com. That's taxsavingspodcast.com. You can find our podcast on any podcasting platform out there. Uh, our tax minimization program can also be found directly on our website too. So that's the, the best place to look for us. Okay. Now I want to ask two last questions, non-tax related before we get done here today. Number one, are you a reader? If you are, what book do you recommend or what's a great book that you've read recently? I am a reader. Um, and it's funny that you asked that. The book that I just finished up is a book by MJ DeMarco. Um, and he actually was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's a little bit of a different change to this idea of entrepreneurship, but uh, MJ DeMarco has some really good books out there. Millionaire Fastlane is kind of his most uh, popular one. But for those with that entrepreneurial mindset, uh, whether you're just getting started or have been doing it for a while, it's uh, it, it's great inspiration. We just, did, we just had him on the podcast as well. Oh, that's awesome. Now, what advice, this is a podcast geared to dentists. So let's assume we have a dental school grad listening to this right now. He, they're graduating dental school in the next few months, or they just graduated dental school. What recommendation would you give a new dental school grad? That's a good question. Um, well, you know, my accountant in me is saying, you know, make sure you do your bookkeeping right from the beginning, get a separate bank account, do everything right, setting up that up. But, you know, my business owner mindset in me is is just is building on leadership skills. Uh, as you're a business owner, as you're going to grow your team, grow in your career, being a leader is, is such a big role for that. And it's so hard to find those really good leaders out there. So find a mentor, find somebody that is demonstrates a good leadership that you can piggy on and say, hey, I want to learn more about what where you got, how did you get here? And take that part seriously. Obviously, grow when you're learning everything like that, but take this being a leader part seriously. Well, you actually you bring that up a compelling point, which is going to add a couple more questions that I just thought about is, you know, dental in dental school, you learn clinical stuff. You don't learn business stuff. You don't learn how to run a practice. You don't learn how to manage people. You don't learn how to, how to handle money. And I've had dentists who want to sell their practice because they don't like managing people. Uh, obviously, you manage people. And I think I think it's it's a really important thing to do is to learn these other aspects because it helps you to grow your business because it, the business is a beautiful asset. It's a very, I would argue, it's one of the few ways to truly grow wealth is to build a, is to build a business. What would you say to that and to to people who they're fresh out of school they want to own their own practice. I mean, they've got to learn. They've got they've they've really got to dive into learning how to be an entrepreneur. 
correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one, and one thing you mentioned that the growth or the way to wealth is through owning a business. I completely agree with that. And I think that that's uh, the way that you can, you can really expand your wealth. Uh, but I will say one thing as part of that. So many people think that just being a business owner means that now they're an entrepreneur. Now they don't kind of work. Now they, you know, now, now life is, is easy. I've seen so many accountants that were working for an accounting firm said, I want to do this on my own. So they go and do it on their own. Now they're just working for clients. They're working just as many hours, if not more. They have a miserable life, home life, and and, and just things are awful there. So I, I want to always say that when you're looking to become a business owner, if you're looking to be go out on your own, think about what that angle is. What does 10 years look like? How many hours do you want to work a week? Because all of that planning comes into how you're going to design, develop, and hire people within your business. You have to be much more strategic on it than just being, I own my own business now, so now I get that freedom. And it oftentimes is the opposite, and sometimes it's less money. You work more for less because you are now stuck to your business and your clients, and you you didn't do the planning ahead of time to avoid that situation. Well, you own a job in that that respect, and it's like uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about in Cashflow Quadrant. You know, I think self-employed many times is better than being an employee, but it's definitely not being a business owner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Mike, I think you and I could probably talk a lot longer because we're, we're we're on the same wavelength in regards to beliefs about taxes. But we're going to have to close it down here. But once again, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can find us directly on taxsavingspodcast.com or search in Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. You can find us on any podcasting platform as well. And tell them your name so I don't mispronounce it again. Yes. I've heard everything in the wind. So I will say it's it's Mike Jezoshek. Um, and honestly, when people look at the name, they're like, that makes complete sense. How do people screw this up? But you know, I've heard so many people say, add a ski to the end of my name. So it's Jezowski. And I'm like, I don't I don't know where that's coming from, but that's that's part of having a rough last name. <laughs> well, Jezoshek is J-E-S-O-W-S-H-E-K. Mike Jezoshek. So uh, guys, everyone needs a CPA who is a tax planning accountant. Mike is definitely someone you should talk to. Look him up, listen to the podcast. If his service makes sense for you, great. Mike, thanks so much for being on the call today. Yeah, Ross, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, guys, you've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. 2021 4 23 That last part can also say 2021 
1-800-291-9535, expiration April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor at Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services are offered through PAS member FINRASIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License number 16139032. California Insurance License number 0L10073. 2021 Expiration 1123. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.